Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast, The Election. We are now in election season, and uh, we have to make decisions, and uh, we have to weigh factors and uh, consider issues and uh, compare personalities and think in terms of what's best uh, for everybody and what's best for me and what's best for my family and what's best for America, what's best for the world. We have to think as we move into the next uh, two months or so of deliberation and consideration as we prepare to select our next president. We have two men, and we have two vice presidents uh, standing alongside of them. And um, there are certain factors that I consider as a psychologist, and there are some factors that we in the field of psychology consider when it comes to the selection of a president. So I'd like to just identify some of these and um, discuss them just a little bit and bring them to your attention for your consideration and for your thought. You know, when I... um, think of a president and um, compare different candidates, whether it's in the primary where you have many, many candidates, or it's in the uh, national election, which you have just the choice of two, there's a factor that I consider to be very important. Narcissism. Narcissism. Now, narcissism is a uh, personality trait. Uh, We are born with a certain personality style from our genetic gene pool, but we develop it. We learn more of the finer points of personality traits, and there are many different kind of traits, different kind of classifications and categories of personality, but I'd like to focus on narcissism. The easiest way to understand narcissism is think of the adolescent, self-centered, emotional, unpredictable, prone to Uh, variation and change, difficulty in having change, difficulty in being attacked, and so on. There are many features that the narcissist uh, possesses and influences their interpersonal relationships and and influences how they relate to the world and what they accomplish day to day. Now, research has shown us that over the years, some of our major and some of our best presidents have been narcissistic. Without naming them, we usually think about four or five of them being very narcissistic. And we consider them some of the stronger and more uh, appreciated presidents. So there's a, carol- there's a correlation there between the trait of personality of narcissism and the presidency of the United States. So don't just pass over somebody because they're adolescent-like in their personality. In fact, that may be an added feature, a positive feature for the presidency. Now, it's important then for us to kind of just weigh and and compare the candidates on that basis. So what I do is I take a 10-point scale 10 being the highest score that one could have on the area of narcissism and 1 being the lowest score. And I rate the candidates in the primary. There's two. I rate them on a 1 to 10 scale on narcissism. High narcissism gets a 10. Low narcissism gets a 1 and somewhere in between. I also rate the vice president candidates as well. And what I do then is I... Uh, 
just put that on a piece of paper and then I look at that and say, okay, is that the kind of person that I can have confidence in and would support and vote for? Now, what I look for is a person that's not a 8 or 9 or 10 on narcissism, and I don't want a person that's 1, 2, or 3 on a narcissism scale. My own personal preference in the field of psychology would say a mid-range score would be a better score, having some strong aspects of narcissism, but not overly so. So maybe a score of 5 or 6. Seven at the most, but certainly not an eight, nine, or a ten. So what I look for then is, is the president candidate, presidential candidate moderate on the personality trait of narcissism? I want a moderate score. Okay, then I move on to another trait, and I rate that. I rate them on the uh, scale of anger. Now, you take all the primary, and they have the whole array of candidates. I rank them. From one all the way down to the lowest. Who's got the most angry and who's the least angry? And when it comes down to the uh, final uh, voting and we have the two candidates for president, I rate them. Who's the most angry and the least angry? I give them a score of 1 to 10. 10 being high, high, almost like prone to rage. And then 1 would be a very low, passive, milk toasty kind of a person without much anger at all. Again, I want a candidate. I would vote for a candidate that's in the mid-range of anger. I like to see some emphasis and some oomph. I'd like to see some emotional strength, the ability to stand up and to be firm, but yet not out of control. I don't want a candidate that has an anger score of 8, 9, or 10. I don't want them to have an anger score of 1, 2, or 3. I prefer a 5 or a 6 as an anger score. There's anger there, but it's under control. It motivates, but it's under control. So anger is another factor. Here's a third one that comes into play, the God factor. I want to consider the candidate on the basis of, does he have room for God in his thinking, in his decision-making, in his planning, in his relationships, in his home life? I want to know if the candidate even considers that there's a divine factor operating, or that there is a faith factor operating, there's a hope factor operating, there's a God factor operating. I want to know that. I want the candidate that recognizes and appreciates the fact that you come to a point in life when there's no one else but God. There's no source and there was no strength but God's strength. Now, it doesn't have to be a preacher. It doesn't have to be somebody who pounds the pulpit every day or whatever, but somebody who has an appreciation and a, uh, an inner sense that God's real and God operates in the dark places of decision-making. So that's the third factor. Here's the fourth one. I think of the cultural factors that are operating in our society and say, okay, what cultural factor is really the key issue of the day that people are concerned about and people really focus on? Well, today, the social factor, the cultural factor is racism. So I want to know, is this candidate for president a racist? Now, I don't care what people claim he is or she is. I don't care if they just say that he's a racist just by giving some kind of a label. That's not important because that's not of any value. What I want to know is what has the person done? How has the person behaved that proves that he has discriminated against certain people in favor of other people, no matter what the ethnic background or racial background or cultural background or linguistic background is? In other words, has the person actually behaved as a racist? I want to know if the person has made statements, talked publicly, made comments publicly that would go against a particular race of people, a group of people, a subgroup of people. In other words, compare the person to himself or to herself, not on the basis of what somebody claims somebody is, 
Because you have that all the time. You have the Democrat claiming that somebody in the Republican Party is racist. And you have somebody in the Republican Party claiming that somebody in the Democratic Party is racist. That's not even logical and is certainly not valid. What I want to know is, what is the proof? What is the evidence? What, is it, what are the factors that demonstrate racism in the history and in the present thinking of the presidential candidate? Now, just one little caveat on that. 20 years ago, somebody might have said something that would be racist. Would they hold that today? Do they say those same things today? Or was that a time in history, and since that time, the thinking has changed, the relationships have changed, the experience has changed? I want to give the benefit of the doubt that a person can change over time. I don't want to hang somebody on the basis that they did something 20 years ago, 30 years ago. That's not fair either. That's almost racist in itself. So what is the person's history? What is a person's present behavior pattern and action pattern relative to racism. So I get out my scale, the 10-point scale, and if there's evidence, I score it 5, 6, 7, 8, or 9, or 10. If there's no evidence, person is 1, 2, or 3 down there at the bottom of the scale. I would imagine that maybe the best score is kind of a lower score, but you certainly want somebody who recognizes that there are different races. They all have unique contributions. They all have a role to play. They all have strengths. They all have weaknesses. They all have something to contribute and to recognize what those are and to include those factors in the decision-making and in the functioning of a presidency or of the government. So there you are. Nice that you joined us today. I want you to think about these things. These four factors, as you evaluate president candidate, presidential candidate, you're going to vote for. Think of these four things. Not whether the person is just a nice person or a pleasant person or a not a pleasant person or whatever. Look at these kind of four factors and see if that kind of guides you in your understanding of who you might select or who you might prefer or who you might gravitate towards as a presidential candidate. So, thanks for joining me and I wish you well as you move into the election season. Bye for now. <laughs>